everybody, and welcome to Sing to the Lord, the podcast that breaks down how the Lutheran hymnody is preaching the gospel. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. What you're hearing is the hymn, O Sacred Head, Now Wounded. Welcome back to Sing to the Lord. On this Good Friday episode, we have Lars Olson and Zachary Brockhoff with us once again. Thanks for being here. Thanks. Good to be here. Well, Zachary, uh, it's Good Friday. There are, again, a number of hymns um, that we might select, but you've wanted to talk today about O Sacred Head Now Wounded, which is a very common choice also for Good, Good Friday. Tell us a little bit about this hymn and its history. Yeah, so I wouldn't throw this into uh, the sermon, uh, certainly, on Good Friday, or necessarily in the bulletin, but I think it's um, it's sort of the uh, the hymnal's equivalent to head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Um, it comes out of uh, part of seven meditations on the crucifixion, and you notice um, Paul Gerhardt uh, is a translator here, more or less, of, of earlier poetry. And so there were seven uh, seven meditations that basically addressed uh, the the crucified Christ um, uh, in this order: his feet, knees, hands, side, breast, heart, and face. And so finally, we get to a sacred head. Uh, this is the final of them, uh, and it's translated here as "O sacred head, now wounded." I, I couldn't find the others. Um, I. I didn't go looking for them, but this is the one we continue to sing and that Paul Gerhardt has translated. Paul Gerhardt, um, one of the most underappreciated uh, Lutheran hymn writers without question, who wrote over 100 Lutheran hymns, and we should sing more of them. It's part of the reason I thought, let's, let's talk about this one. Um, and so, uh, that's a little bit of the history. Um, and so, it gets, it's handed down in this way to us. So you're not saying that you're going to find these so that we can make a little Sunday school curriculum, uh, Good Friday, just with with children no, examining each of the seems wounds of not Christ. Not like what, yeah. yeah, not what we're after. Yeah, that's good. Well, uh, I mean, Good Friday is one of those times uh, when levity is usually short in supply, uh, and O Sacred Head Not Wounded really is a. Uh, um, it is Grim. a somber kind of uh, somber tone and a, and hard words to to sing. Um, so. Um, you know, why would we pick something that's so grim or uh, uh, bodily, so sh- full of uh, the the suffering um, on Good Friday? Well, part of that is um, 
because that's what the day is, right? We can't avoid it. The hymn won't let us avoid it. But the first stanza really is um, uh, puts this out there quite plainly. Um, until you get to the final line um, that says, yet though despised and gory, I joy to call thee mine. <laughs> that in this suffering, we, we actually find uh, some joy. And uh, you, we know that people are going to look at this and say, this is terrible. Uh, even this is the son of God and he ends up all bloody. I mean, what a horrible thing. We know that, that, people, <laughs> that people can say this. Um, yet we say, we crucified Christ. And yet this is our joy because in this we have forgiveness. Um, uh, uh, God comes and actually does this. So the first stanza um, uh, starts to get at this. The remaining stanzas uh, are even more specific. So the second one appears to add some anguish to the first, but um, it's even more clear here. Um, it says, Thy grief and bitter passion were all for sinners' gain. And then perhaps the most difficult uh, line, mine, mine was the transgression, but thine the deadly pain. Um, when you're singing that and it's sort of going by on Good Friday, I don't know if it strikes people um, until you sit back and, and read it a couple of times, um, that I, I crucified Christ, <laughs> that, that we're all implicated in this. And, um, and that Christ bears the pain that, that we deserve, uh, that our, this is our sin um, actually nailed there. Uh, so um, they're, they're difficult words, but even in there, there's, there's real promise. Um, and out of that, I think the hymn is extremely honest. Um, it, the third stanza says, what language shall I borrow to thank you? And it even calls Christ a friend here, um, which is interesting. Um, and I think we, we struggle with that on Good Friday, other hymns more so than this one. Uh, like I think about, were you there? It's sort of, you know, <laughs> were you there when they nailed him to the tree? Were you there when all this happened? And sometimes it causes me to tremble and it's, it's all bent out of shape about the emotion of it. Well, this hymn sort of asks that question, what language, what can I do? <laughs> uh, do uh, in, in, what do I say? Some, sometimes musicians will get into this and say, well, you know, we don't have anything we can really say, so we'll sing about it. Music will fill this void for us. We're looking, <laughs> we're looking for weird ways to get, get around this. Well, Paul Gerhardt, in our original writer, says, no, we have nothing to bring but our sin to this situation. <laughs> There's no language we can necessarily borrow. Except this prayer, it says, make me thine forever. Um, and that to me is, uh, it, well, they're words of a prayer. It says, God, do what you, what you promise to do. Make me yours. In this suffering and death and resurrection, make me your own. As Luther says, Christ does all of this to make me his own. And so I think that's, that's echoed in this particular stanza. You know, in, in a lot of Good Friday um, and the hymns can can focus on the the suffering and the blood and the mm -hmm. pain of it all, which you don't want to avoid. Uh, absolutely, that we want to be absolutely clear that this was the crucifixion is a gory, ugly thing. Um, but it's not 
some, sometimes we get into the sense that the more Christ suffered, the more the forgiveness sure. comes, right? That there's a, that there's a, a balancing of the scales right. that's coming in here. And really this hymn isn't talking about a balancing of the scales, but just like you're talking about, it, every once in a while it pops up these things, dearest friend, where, what language I, I I'm, I'm missing something. And, um, I'm missing the language to talk about this because uh, Luther was really good at explaining uh, what's happening here, which is that Christ is exchanging uh, something for you, right? He's taking your sin and giving you righteousness. Mm -hmm. He's taking your death and giving you his life. Um, That there's an exchange and we don't have, the hymn is right, we don't have words that really can explain that well, right? And even singing is not going to get at it. This is finally just trusting a promise that Christ is doing this for us and that in the suffering and the and the pain and the cross that is there before us, uh, we actually have joy, not because we're saying, yes, it's finally here, but because he's exchanging that to us, right? He's giving us the joy of the new creation because death is now behind us. So it's not so much, you know, pile more pain on him. No, no right. uh, what the point is, is he's exchanging the pain of the world, uh, the sin of the world for the kingdom that is to come that he's going to give to us. And that's where we can call him a friend. Mm. It's not because we've chosen to be friendly with him. Sure. Uh, he even said that to his disciples. You aren't my friends. I'm making you my friends. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, and I think that is one of the powerful parts of this hymn. It doesn't go into explaining all that, but it is making that exchange uh, of Christ's death for your life. Mm-hmm. Where, where so many other explanations are going to be but fall short, you know, uh, we'll try to say almost like, uh, you, you said a balancing act almost. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and like, um, you see Jesus' blood was sinless, <laughs> right? right? And here's our sin, and Christ's blood is detergent. I mean, we get all yes. kinds of weird uh, things that we put together. And finally, it just says, God is going to do this, right? God, and the prayer really is, make me thine. You do this. Exactly. <laughs> so um, I, I'm not bringing it. And that's really in contrast, I think, to a lot of um, other hymns. When I was preparing this, I thought about, um, and it's totally on the opposite end of the liturgical year, but um, in the bleak midwinter, <laughs> where we say, what can I bring you, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. And finally, what can I give you? I'll give you my heart. <laughs> Won't you just take this? And God says, no, this is actually where your sin is. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, I'll give you a new one. But that wretched, disgusting thing you think you're bringing me will will actually nail, nail to the cross and kill. That needs to die. Yeah. And Christ right. is going to die for that, for that sinful heart. Right. Exactly. So I... Um, just in contrast to other hymns, this is this is really great. Yeah. Um, the final stanza then is is a prayer, and um, here it 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 moves away from perhaps the events of Good Friday, if you want to think about that, or or the specific events, and and actually s- says something about the benefits of the forgiveness that Christ gives. So we face it says we face face death safely simply because we know God's love. And then it tells us what the gain is. The second stanza talked about, you know, this being for sinner's gain and Christ Christ takes this pain. What is the gain? Actually, faith. Knowing Christ died for us gives us faith in the promises of God. And then, curiously, it says, um, and it's talking about death now, uh, these eyes, new faith receiving. Like, 
like maybe we're going to get something better than what we have. That's what it can sound like. Um, but instead, I think this is something now uh, that fixes our eyes forever in death now on the crucified one, um, where then in heaven you're, you're simply doing uh, what, what Thomas does uh, in, the, in the resurrection account, where he sees these, these, uh, this crucified one and simply says, my Lord and my God, this is all he can say. Um, so the faith is not actually new, but, but just there <laughs> for you to see fully. So, um, yeah, it's a wonderful hymn to sing. And I should add, in, in ELW, and I suspect in LBW and other places, there's two versions of this tune, just like with A Mighty Fortress, which many people are probably familiar with both. Um, uh, right next door to this, uh, 352 uh, has the same text, but to the rhythmic version of the chorale. And so contrasting these sometimes can be an interesting thing and um, helps you hear the text differently. What uh, and what other hymns can we sing on Good Friday? We've this one's great. Tell us about the cross. Yep, as we've discussed. But are there other options? Yeah, sure. There's there's some um, some more uh, a modern translation of an older uh, uh, piece of poetry, and the translator there is Eric Routley, who um, is one of the the great um, uh, professors of hymnody um, in the 20th century. It's more of a poetic vision of the crosses as ELW 342, but one that finally sings, um, thanks to Christ whose passion offers in mercy, healing, strength, and pardon. Um, and so that's, it, it's a longer hymn, but it, it really is a wonderful melody and a, and a good text that says something about uh, both our implication in the crucifixion and what Christ promises to give the other one that many people will sing, and I'd, I'd suggest uh, we, we also look at, is um, ELW 349, and it's in many hymnals, Ah, Holy Jesus, um, which uh, across two stanzas says two things. And when put side by side, they're especially helpful. I crucified thee, <laughs> very plainly. <laughs> Who was the guilty? It says, I crucified Christ. And then later it says, Christ suffers for my salvation. Um, it's in a way even more clear than O Sacred Head Now Wounded. Um, and that one can be sung uh, both in unison in parts, um, and it's, it's been set by many composers across time. And then something that isn't in the Holy Week section of the hymnal, actually, uh, that I should mention is uh, maybe something of a curveball here, but um, ELW 750, Lord Thee I Love With All My Heart, um, which uh, is one that concludes um, with a, a vision of heaven um, and our awakening from death. It's a little bit strange, but it's one that has some, uh, some use actually in history in this way and comes from the music side of life, so that's why it was on my mind, I'm sure. Um, but it, it's one Bach utilizes to conclude his St. John Passion. Um, and uh, his setting of the chorale... Uh, if, if uh, you have a congregation that loves to sing, uh, go ahead and try it because uh, there, there's, it's a wonderful text and uh, his, his setting of the chorale, much like O Sacred Head Now Wounded, um, is just glorious. Oh, my 
Thanks for joining us this week on Sing to the Lord. Check the show notes for Zachary's stanza-by-stanza commentary, as well as a list of other hymns we recommend.